Superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. As cold as a razor blade, as tight as a tourniquet, like the skin on a dying man. I don't want a piece of the world. I want the whole world. I make my own rules because it's much easier that way. Trust me. Jake, we're back, brother. Oh, my God. Sunny side up. Here we go. <laughs> it's episode two, episode one. Of course, a raging success. Uh, what do you think, man? Are you ready to uh, launch back into this whole podcast? Oh, absolutely, man. You know, I, uh, there's so many things I want to talk about. And, of course, you picked the one thing that I don't want to talk about. So here we go. <laughs> well, you know, I had to do it, Jake. It's the 36-year anniversary. And okay. something that... It's something that fans are still talking about all these years later. I yeah. see it all the time online. People are like, oh, when are we ever going to see the lost snake pit footage? Um, and if you don't know what we're talking about, let's just jump into it. But before we get there, uh, let's talk about your uh, your opponent there in the snake pit a little bit. We're going to talk mm. about uh, Hulk Hogan. So the Golden Jake, Goose. The Golden Goose. That's uh, what he was, man. He was the Golden Goose of the WWF without Hogan. It probably wouldn't have happened near as good as it did. It would have still happened, but it wouldn't have been what it is or what it was because Hogan was the perfect guy at the perfect time. Vince did what he had to do by getting all the top, top talent from every territory in the world and feeding them all to Hulk one at a time. And you had your one time around with Hulk and that was it. You had been beaten severely in every match. Right. But that's how you do it. That's how you build it. Well, and it was the formula back then, uh, and it was a formula that kind of got popularized on Rocky, which is ironic because we're going to be talking about Rocky here. Terry started out, he was bouncing around a lot during the early part of his career. Don't we all? Uh, absolutely, man, especially in the territory days. He found himself in Florida, Alabama, Georgia, Memphis, and finally he landed in Vince Sr.'s WWWF uh, mm. before he lost that job when he appeared in Rocky Three against <laughs> Uh, wishes. Uh, it was it was such a huge turning point for his career, Jake. Uh, oh my would, God, that, yeah. would that have been the first time that he was on your radar, or had you uh, been around him previously? I had seen uh, a little bit of film on him, and I'd heard a little bit about him. That was it. Now, uh, what were your impressions of him when you were seeing him from afar or in the movie? Oh my God, he was a monster. You know, uh, he had the perfect thing, man. He you know, with all the suntan stuff, man. Hogan once told me, if you have a choice to go to the gym or a sunbed, which one do you do? I said, well, the gym. He said, no, you go to the sunbed. Because a fat guy can look good with dark skin. <laughs> I think I've heard Arn say that. He said, yeah. uh, that looks good tan. Yeah. Well, it's uh, true. So uh, after losing his job with uh, with Vince Sr. and Rock, well, first of all, did you see Rocky Three? 
Didn't we all? Everybody saw Rocky three. I mean, Didn't he's just all? larger than life. Uh, but Vince, Vince senior is willing to let him go over, over the dispute. So he lands in Minneapolis with Vern Gagne and the, mm-hmm. the AWA. And a lot of people say it was kind of the true start of Hulkamania. Did it you was. see any of that stuff? Absolutely. I've seen some of it and, uh, that's what he got on everybody's radar when he went up there. And, um, it was game on. Yes. On. You know, because between that and Japan, he was he was ringing all the bells, man. I mean, let's look at the guy. You know, he's six seven, six eight, three hundred pounds, and got guns like that. <laughs> Not like that, <laughs> but anyway, he had he had certifiable guns. You know, and he, he was the perfect guy. And uh, Vince dressed him up in that bright yellow and. That just bounced off the suntan, man. Made him look even darker. Man, there he was. Go. Yeah, there. Look at that. Look at that tan. It's like a hot dog. Yeah. Uh, Vince, Vince Jr. There, he basically got him on a silver platter, handed him out to the crowd. He fed the crowd all Hulk Hogan. Irreplaceable. Of course, look. you didn't see him. You didn't see him unless you went to a pay per view or uh, a big, a super huge, big house show. He didn't do TV. You ever notice that? Yeah. Oh, did you ever see him on television? Be like a Why? promo or something? Right. The reason being, you have to pay to see him. It makes perfect sense. And, uh, you know, it's uh, Vince Jr. obviously always loved the, uh, the the larger guys. And, of course, he brings Hogan back uh, from the, the AWA. Yeah. Um, before we get there, though, did you ever do any work with Vern or the AWA? You know, I didn't, man. And I always wanted to... In fact, I had a match in uh, Toronto with uh, oh the guy that was their champion for so long, Bockwinkle. I wrestled Bockwinkle, and Bockwinkle was just over the top happy with what I'd done in the ring with him. He says, "You've got to come to Minneapolis." I'm like, "Okay, I'll leave now," you know, but I never got the call. Man, it's it's one of those wrestling what could have been because of all the different talent up there. But not to mention, Jake, uh, you're one of the few guys that has kind of been everywhere. You were in WWE, yeah, TNA, yeah, now AEW, yeah, yeah. Uh, WCW. So it, it would have been cool to add that one to the resume. It would have been, man, but uh, it was their loss. And no question about it. And that, that certainly proved itself out when you made it to the WWF. Now, uh, do you think that Hogan could have still been a big star without Vince Jr. in the WWF? Oh, yeah. Yeah. He was well on his way up there, yeah. but he didn't yeah. have that marketing machine. Someone that size that looks that good. He can punch his own ticket anywhere. You know, how are you going to put that guy on first match? Second match, third match, fourth match, camp. It's too damn big, too impressive. So anywhere he went, he was going to be main event, no doubt about it. And uh, that's just the way it is, man. I mean, you'd have to come up with something supersized. You know, well, maybe maybe somebody like, uh, oh, God, you know, superstar Billy Graham did it before him. Right. You know, the same thing, the, the tan and, and the huge guns and the muscles and all that. It was the way the world was changing. It hadn't gotten ready for the road warriors yet, but they're coming. But at that time, that's what was happening. It was all the, well, for lack of a better term, juice monkeys. 
And that's the guys that use the sauce, the secret sauce, to gain size. Well, so uh, big was big was in. We're we're jumping ahead a little bit, but I, I do want to cover this with you. Um, and I don't think it was in the notes when it came when you came to the WWF and you mm -hmm. see all these massive guys, oh, uh, God, yeah. clear, clearly on steroids. Um, did it ever occur to you, like yeah, maybe I need to try it? Maybe of I need course to get it. Yes, of course you did, and I did. You know, I went on for a short period of time, especially after my neck surgery, because I wanted to heal quicker. But uh, in the WWF at the time, we were working so hard, seven days a week, twice on Saturday, twice on Sunday. You needed a little bit of steroids to help with the healing process. Mm. Now, some guys took that and went completely off the charts with it. But uh, that was their choice, you know, and the... Uh, you know, so many of those guys are gone now. And I'm sure that had something to do with it, you know, whether it was Randy or the Road Warriors or Mr. Perfect right on down the line, man. You see these guys before and after that stuff, and it just blows your mind. You can't believe it's the same person. Right. You know, Precious Paul Ellering was, was huge at one time. You know, he, he, had, he had it all. But he had a bad knee, bad knee injury. That was the end of him. Well, you know, the other issue with it, and we saw this with the Warrior, uh, was, you know, he was big and blown up. And then once uh, the, the steroid scandal happened, he comes back and he's noticeably bigger <laughs> and smaller. And the same thing happened yeah. to Hogan uh, in WCW, yeah. where it was like, man, what a huge difference in his physique. So it's very clear that they were on something once the oh, yeah. benchmark hits. We're back to 84, and, and uh, Hogan's brought back in by Vincent Kennedy McMahon, and uh, he's he's on a run that would honestly just not just change his life, but really the business as a whole. Absolutely. So, I mean, you didn't get there until 86, but uh, right. when, when it came to that that win uh, against the Iron Sheik, do you feel that that represented uh, a change in wrestling from no. just the standard wrestling to entertainment? Absolutely. Iron Sheik, was a, he was an entertainment guy, <laughs> even though he is. Because he's so goddamn funny to watch. But, uh, you know, USA versus the rest of the world, man. That's what it was all about. You know, USA, USA, you know. And then, uh, you know, the Iron Sheik had, been, had beaten. Um, God, I'm sorry. My mind just went. No, no. It's, was it uh, Bob Backlund? Bob Backlund, yeah. Who was a tremendous wrestler. Now, he was the guy you would have in there if it was about wrestling. Right. But Vince Jr. had already made his mind up. It wasn't about wrestling anymore. It was about entertainment with a little wrestling sprinkled in. And off we went, brother. I was there for WrestleMania too, of course. And uh, it was just a different world, man, completely. Yeah, uh, you know, it started to really become part of not, you know, wrestling was its own little category. And all of a sudden it's starting to cross over with with pop culture, with the rock and yeah. wrestling connection on MTV and uh, the insane marketing machine that they had up there. So it makes me wonder, Jake, as you're seeing all this happening, um, mm. you know, from afar, are you like, geez, I got to get up there. I got to get into that territory. I seen it happening, but I was still dug into my belief about wrestling and I did not want to go up there, but I was forced to, um, T 
Terry Taylor was a general manager at the time of Mid-South, and I asked him how I fit in in the plans because at the time I was being booked against Dick Slater, and I was being booked on like fourth match, and yet we would go on last and tear the damned house down. You know, they had uh, he had some other people they wanted to put in front of me. It was Hacksaw Jim Duggan. And it was also DiBiase, uh, Dr. Death. All those guys were put in front of me. So I asked him where I fit. He told me, <laughs> you're about the, you're the number six baby face. <laughs> Can you believe that shit? So, with I the just, hottest finish in the business. Yeah, the number six with, baby face. with the hottest angle going, I just dropped Dark Journey. That's right. Which was the most amazing pop I've ever gotten for anything. Incredible. It was just, oh my God, it was phenomenal. I love watching that tape. I'm going to show that sometime. And you we'll get watch to watch it back. some people eject out of their seats, man, when it, it happens. Was, if you've never seen it, it is an incredible pop. And we're not going to spoil uh, it because I do want to do a, like a bonus watch along or something with that because yeah, that is fun. That's what I miss about wrestling today. You don't get those anymore. Very seldom do you get those huge pops anymore. And uh, there's a reason for that. It's the way the guys are wrestling. They're not building their stuff. They're just doing as much great stuff as they can, back to back to back to back to back to back to back. You know? Right. They, they go out and use 17 finishes and then lose the match on a schoolboy. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> That's, that pisses me off more than anything. Why in the hell are you getting beat by a schoolboy? You would rather get beaten by some slip on a slip on a banana peel bullshit finish than get beat by the other guy's finish. Yep. Why? If I'm gonna get beat, I want to get beat by the nastiest, gnarliest damn finish maneuver ever done. Not the damn schoolboy, because that just makes you look stupid. And to your point, if if everything, if you're sitting there watching a match and it's all high spot, high spot, and everything's great. If everything's great, then nothing is great. No. You've no. got to have the build to it. So I'm, I'm with you, man. The people never get a chance to reset their pop meter. They just keep getting it. Ba-boom, 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 one after another. And pretty soon you're just sitting there chewing your gum going, what the fuck? Yeah, right. You know? And uh, there's still a few guys that go out and wrestle. But, uh, man... Don't do too much of it, or you'll find yourself on first match. <laughs> Which is a, such a shame, man. It's not yeah, about it the. It's it's about telling a story. That's why we're all there. We we love absolutely. storytelling. We absolutely, and that's how we get connected to people emotionally, not just, not just you know from the the side of all these crazy ass maneuvers they're doing. I couldn't agree more. You mentioned WrestleMania before. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. What were you thinking when you saw the first WrestleMania? Oh, my God. When I seen the first one, I was too busy to think anything. Uh, I'd heard about it. And I'm like, man, what in the hell is going to happen next? Because that's just, a, it was mind-boggling what they were doing. You know, the, uh, the pay-per-view and all that bullshit. It's just crazy because it had never been done before. Not wrestling. Right. And uh, now you got wrestling, you got actors out there in the ring too. Are you kidding me? Aren't Liberace. We aren't we exposing the business? Yeah, we are. Yeah, we are. 
But the fans didn't care. They just wanted to be entertained. Well, they got it. Piper went out there and kept it as real as he could. They damn sure got entertained. You know, Vince bet the farm and won big time with WrestleMania. If he had not won, that was the end of it. Right. That's what I heard. It would have all been gone. I've heard the same thing. I heard that if that had not went well, it was the end of the road. No more WWWF because he bet it all. Took balls to do that. Man, you think about the ripples that that would have created through wrestling, the territories, oh. you know, and nothing would have been the same as it is now if WrestleMania no. 1 hadn't worked. Absolutely not. Uh, well, Jake, you arrive in March of 1986, but bef- for right now, uh, let me just ask, what were your first interactions like with Hulk Hogan? Very short. You know, hello, that was about it. You know, he had his own locker room, and uh, I wasn't one to intrude on their space. And uh, I've just never been one to kiss ass. Right. You know, and there were, he had a line of people around him kissing his ass, brother. I'm not going to say any names because that's that's not my place to do that. Mm-hmm. But we all know. And, uh, hell, you couldn't even get close to him because these guys were blocking it all, man, because they didn't want nobody to get, get in with Hulkster, you know. Hey, that's the Hulkster. He's like, I got it, man. He, hey, I got this, you know. And Excuse me, brother. Damn, you protect him more than you protect your woman. Yeah, <laughs> it's true, man. These are other wrestlers trying to yes. keep. Yes. Wow. Yes, my God. There's about four or five of them, man. To this day, he still got them. Well, I'm he sure I could guess. Guys. I'm sure I could guess one or two names, but I'm not gonna. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Not as you said, not not our place. What for? Uh, Right. Well, so, you know, obviously he's got this kind of following around there and he's got this really close knit relationship with Vince because he's the cash cow. Um, But I've heard it said a lot that he had this really kind of up and down relationship with Vince. Off again, yeah. Did you ever see any of that or hear any stories? No, the only thing I heard was when Hoekster bought the name. When he bought the name from, uh, was it Marvel Comics? Yes. When he bought the name. Behind Vince's back, that was a good blow up there. Because Vince was going to buy it, but Hogan went in there first and got it. Wow. That was huge. That was huge. (laughs) Do you hear that? Huge. (laughs) Huge. Beyond big. Way beyond big. Man, it's uh, you always yeah. hear about how he's such a uh, such a politician behind the scenes, the ultimate kind of businessman, positions and stuff. Well, you got to give him smart, that. man. You got to give him that, brother. I, I have no bitches and moans about Hoekster doing what he did. Hell, if I'd have had the opportunity, I'd have probably done some of the stuff he did. But I would like to think that I would have wrestled more, you know. But uh, that's just what you know. He, Vince wanted what the Hoekster did. If he hadn't, he would have been changed. Trust me. Yep. When I tell you that, if uh, Vince was not happy with the match, he would damn sure tell you. And it didn't matter who it was, you know. So uh, he was, Hoekster was doing exactly what Vince wanted, man. He was setting them up and mowing them down. One after the same damn finish. Yep. You know, the big foot. My God, that's such a vicious move. <laughs> It, that does make me wonder, Jake, with you being such like a technician in the ring, 
yeah. when you're seeing this, and there's this guy, I mean, obviously he's got this irreplaceable look, but you're seeing what yeah. he does in the ring. Yeah. Uh, is there resentment where, where you're like, what the fuck with this guy? You know, I'm the one who's got, who got sure the roof set. Sure there was, you know, I hate to admit that, but yeah, there was resentment. There was also jealousy. You know, I wanted to be a part of it, man. And I made the mistake when we first wrestled not to do the same old shit. You know, not to pattern my match with Hulkster the way he patterned every match. Mm -hmm. I went out there and tried to do some wrestling and tried to do a little bit of this and a little bit of that, and that's not what they wanted. It's not what they wanted. The fans, on the other hand, were cheering me, which was a death death mark right there. Right. You're giving them something new. Well, something they really believed in. Yeah. The, the one thing about Jake Roberts was is that he went out there and he freaking wrestled, man. And, and uh, he didn't go out there and clown around mm-hmm. and do funny high spots. No, he went out there and he tried to take your damn head off. You know, whether it was with a short arm clothesline or anything I did was very solid and uh, very tight. Now, not to the point of hurting anybody, but they damn sure knew I was there. Well, Jake, let's help our listeners remind their spouses that they're there with a little help from XMD. Listen, guys, we've all been there. Maybe you've just had a little too much to drink. Maybe you're exhausted from a long day at work. Or maybe you're just feeling a little nervous. Whatever the situation is, it boils down to one thing. It's not doing what you want it to. It's time to put your stick shift back in drive, regain your confidence, and skip the uncomfortable doctor's visit with a little help from RexMD. RexMD is FDA-approved and the most trusted leader in men's telehealth. They've sponsored this episode to help you always be prepared. RexMD has made it simple, easy, and cost-effective to help the men out there last longer and feel more confident in the bedroom. They've made getting generic and branded Viagra and Cialis easy. Everything's online, even the prescription, and they deliver it discreetly to your door. No waiting rooms, no embarrassing trips to the doctor, no insurance, and no co-pays. Look, nothing makes a date night or an unexpected encounter come to a screeching halt faster than an uncooperative wiener. And RexMD has got your back to make sure that you can deliver top-notch performances in the bedroom. It's fast, simple, and cheap. You'll be getting FDA-approved ED treatments, and you can access your U.S.-licensed RexMD physician anytime you need to afterwards. But guess what? RexMD does more than just treat ED. Their other medications help sexual health, hair growth, pain relief, and sleep. RexMD has already helped over 300,000 guys regain confidence quickly and conveniently, and they're here to help you. You ready for the best part, Jake? Our exclusive deal will save listeners up to 90% off, where they'll only pay $2 per dosage. 90%. Starter packs of generic Viagra Cialis are available for our listeners to get started. All you have to do is go to rexmd.com forward slash snake to claim this incredible deal. Again, that's rexmd.com forward slash snake to save 90% and regain your confidence. Go to rexmd.com forward slash snake and give the gift of pleasure this holiday season with RexMD. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, 
eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Well, and to your point, that believability that you had, it kind of leads us to to the meat of why we're here in that, you know, through 1986, uh, you established yourself as this yeah. very legitimate uh, dangerous heel. Yeah, a dangerous heel, somebody who's kind of like evil incarnate almost. Um, and you establish yourself in that way. It's uh, your program with Steamboat with, of course, the famous DDT on the concrete, which we will for sure have an episode about. Yeah. Um, your cerebral promo style, these dark looks you get on your face, Damien, all of this stuff established you in fans' minds as this evil guy. We're on the other side. Shit, <laughs> <laughs> right? We're on the other side. You've got Hulk Hogan, who's this say your prayers, eat your vitamins, this ultimate good guy. So a feud between the two of you felt like a natural fit. Um, did you feel that way as you were starting to gain momentum? Like, oh, okay, I'm headed for the main event. Well, I knew I was headed to the main event, but I was concerned with the fan reaction, the fans were cheering me, you know, they, they loved what I was doing. Uh, the kids dug the fact that I'd get the snake out and put it on people because they would sit there and watch their mama and daddy cringe and, and be, you know, just, Oh my God, that horrible snake. They kids love seeing their parents do that because mm -hmm. they would love to do it to their parents. Are you kidding me? That was the issue. That damn snake. So the snake was starting to get you over with the kids, uh, which which in turn was making you not necessarily a great right. fit for Hulk. Right, I got it. So in the meantime, you're just you're just out there trying to put out the best work you can. And absolutely, and were you thinking like, okay, as you're getting these reactions, are you like, all right, well maybe I am headed toward uh, being a babyface? Well, I didn't think I was. I, I thought that when we finally shot something with Hulk, I would be able to get myself over as a established heel. Because mm -hmm. uh, he, after all, was the goose. The goose wasn't loose. You had to go to the goose and uh, take your ass whipping and move on down the road, which I was more than willing to do. But when we did the snake pit, and, uh, I believe it was Tucson. Yep. Yeah, Tucson. When we did that there, and I dropped him with the DDT, Not on concrete, but it might as well have been. It was on a stage. It was very solid. And he, of course, it cut him, busted him open. Uh, we've actually got a, a rare photo of Hulk where, where he's got the bandage over his eye. Yeah. It's, it's a photo that I was sent recently. Uh, not a lot of people have seen this. No, that's what it did to him. So and you I cracked him Vince, wide open. I told Vince, I said, Vince, you see what I did to Steamboat? I don't want to hurt Hulk. Oh, he'll be all right. No, Vince, he won't. And I was right. He wasn't. <laughs> I wonder what but, makes him think he'd be okay. I don't know, man. You know, I, I think he looked at Hogan like the, like a tank. You know, mm -hmm. Impossible to stop, impossible to do anything with because of his size and his stature. But there are things that can hurt you in wrestling. And one of them is a damn DDT, man. And uh, 
I dropped him, you know, and I went to the back. And Vince is like, stay right here by the curtain. He says, you know what's going to happen next? I'm like, what, Vince? You know, I'm, I'm blown up, of course. And he's like, here in about 30 seconds, you're going to start chanting, Hulkster, 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 Hulkster. And Hulk's going to come to his feet, beat his chest, rip his shirt off, and then go looking for you. And from that point on, Jake, you'll be wrestling Hulk every night. I'm like, oh my God, this is this is it, man. It's finally happening. Oh my God, I'm getting the big push. But we sit there for 30 seconds, and then we were there for about a minute. And when Hulk did come up and beat his chest, some people were chanting DDT, DDT. Oh, no. And Vince looked at me and he goes, You're screwed. Which I didn't understand at the time. I'm like, wait a minute. Why am I screwed? The fans want to see us go at each other. As long as the arena's full, isn't that what counts? Absolutely not. What counts is how the merchandise is going. Mm -hmm. And that's where all the big money was. Now, who did they put most of their money on? It was Hulk. Hulk. Hey, Hulk had everything. And 10 times of it. 20 times, 30 times more than anybody else. It was all pushed on the Hulk. There was no Jake Roberts shit. You were a deal. Not at the time. Right. They hadn't started making that stuff yet. And I was doomed. Vince told me I was screwed, and he was right, man. I, I wrestled Hulk twice. I uh, wrestled him in uh, Providence, Rhode Island. Set a record for that building that has not been broke yet. Sold out. And then we did another one in uh, Montreal with the yep. four. And that was huge. But the people were chanting DDT, DDT. And I didn't go out and wrestle Hulk like everybody else did. I went cerebral on him. And, Which, uh, do you think that that, that, that uh, got that at Hulk? Was a kiss of death, yeah. So yeah, Vince wasn't what you... Hulk wanted either. Did Vince like his his type formula, or was no. it more Hulk wanted that formula? Hulk's formula was the only one that mattered, mm. and I should have been more uh, more in tune with that. But I thought I could show him my way, which I thought was better. Doesn't matter what I think. Just shut the fuck up and get in the car. <laughs> <You know? laughs> That's all it is, brother. Well, so, you said it. It was December tenth in Tucson, uh, nineteen eighty six. Yeah. Uh, so we're coming up on that anniversary. I do want to double back. Uh, the story is phenomenal, and it's something. As I said, you know, fans are still curious about today. They're dying for mm -hmm. WWE to release that footage. I don't suppose yeah. they ever will. But no. when Vince first comes to you with this idea that you're going to be working with Hulk, I right. mean, what's what's going through your mind? Like, okay, this is it. I made it. Oh man, he just told me at TV. He said, "You got Hulk out there." You guys are gonna do a little something. You didn't. Oh, you didn't man. know until day of. No. Wow. Yeah. I mean, you know, you're a you're a savvy veteran. You're a second generational guy by this yeah. point. I mean, still though, it's here's this giant opportunity in the mo in the hottest company in the world. I mean, yeah. does your heart start beating out of your chest when you get this news, or how are you feeling? Um, no, I felt like I was being choked. I felt like I was being smothered, and that's anxiety. Right. But. uh you know, I was I was jacked, man. You know, to when we did it, we went out and did uh, 
three three uh, snake bits, and on the third one, I got him, you know, uh, threw powder in his face and then DDT'd him on the set and uh, busted him open and went back to the back and waited, and the fans rewarded me with DDT, DDT. Fans, I love the shit out of you, but do you know how many millions of dollars you guys cost me? <laughs> oh, my God. Probably well, $10 million down the drain. Oof. I mean, between the house shows, pay-per-view, yeah. etc., could have been a lot. Um, well, yeah. let's... Let's let's talk about uh, Hulk Hogan's perspective. We got yours, um, yeah. and I we Hulk did an interview with Sky News Radio in 2013, mm -hmm. and here is his take on the scrapped feud with you. There were several guys where there would be a feel in the ring, or you could tell right away. That's how everything worked with me. I had to hear it and feel it with the instinct thing. I got right. into a I got into a situation with Jake the Snake where he had his snake pit. It was an interview show. We did something there, which was the beginning of a major storyline for Jake and myself. We went to Providence and we worked one night and that was pretty much it. It was like we were at a funeral. I just realized that something wasn't clicking and we kind of moved on and moved past it. I don't know what it was. There was Hulk. Ho there was a Hulk Hogan style at the time that was really easy. And there were several trains of thought with probably about six or seven ways to go to make things perfect. For some reason, Jake and I did not fit in any of those categories. I tried my best. He tried his best, but we just couldn't dance with each other. It wasn't right. I just didn't want to run this thing out for six months to a year when there were so many other people like the Macho Man and everybody else. And it was so red hot. It just didn't work. So, uh, Jake, what, what's your immediate reaction to the, to hearing that? From that him? really hurts. It really hurts. And it uh, bothers me that he didn't have enough confidence in me to make it work. You know, I think, I think that if we had sat down and had a 10 minute conversation before we went out and wrestled that everything could have been different, but we never had that. We didn't sit down and talk. We just went out there and did it. Who do you put that on yourself? Hulk Vince? Both of us. Yeah. Both of us. I've heard that Hogan has said on other interviews that he wished the hell he had taken the time to work it out with me. I've heard that too. That uh, we could have done a lot of business. Uh, but I wound up on the losing end of that one, brother, big time. Well, it's uh, there is a silver lining, which we're going to get into in a minute. But in the meantime, I did want to mention that there was a couple things that, that really stood out to me about what Hulk had to say here. Um, let me preface this by saying I was born in October 1986. So I was about two months old when this happened. And I have no inside knowledge as to anything. This is just me looking at it from an outsider's mm -hmm. perspective. Um, but a few things came off as peculiar to me. Uh, first was that Hulk doesn't actually mention being DDT'd by you. Uh, he yeah. just kind of brushed it off and he said, yeah. you did something there. Uh, this has got to be an intentional omission, right? Oh, sure. I'm sure it is. You know, pride's a funny thing, man. Right. It's okay. Well, uh, the other thing that really stuck out to me was that Hulk said the that the crowd in Providence was like a funeral. Um, we've actually got a clip from this very match, December 30th, 1986, against Hogan. I'll play it now. The audio is not great, uh, it, but it does it does not sound like the uh, the, the crowd is dead to me. Um, and why would they be? It was a sold-out building. It was the ultimate yeah. good guy against the ultimate bad guy. Um, and check out the end. Uh, Ken Resnick is going to reference the last tape of the DDT.
audio isn't great, but that crowd does not sound dead to me. Well, you saw it for yourselves, obviously. Hulk Hogan stealing a page from Jake the Snake Roberts' bag of tricks. And after what happened earlier in the snake pit, I don't think anyone could really blame him. But the rematch is set regardless. Providence Civic Center, Thursday night, January the 29th. Hulk Hogan against Jake the Snake Roberts, the heavyweight title on the line. And Danny Davis is the man appointed referee. I mean, uh, he's, a, he's a fucking cheater, Jake. He threw powder in your eyes. Well, it's obvious. I don't know if that was cocaine or what, but <laughs> <laughs> whatever it was. Yeah, he uh, got me. It was not legal. What no, you, it wasn't. What do you remember about the uh, the audience reaction? Because they sounded pretty lively. They were there. Right. Uh, but as far as uh, what could have been, a lot of things could have been. Hell, I could have beat Hogan for the belt. That could have happened. But uh, it didn't. That's the outcome a lot of our listeners wanted here, and it was reflected yeah. in a lot of the questions that, that we were oh, asked. Was like, ah, Jake should have had a run with it uh, during this time. I think I should have too, but I didn't, and you know that's okay, man. That's right. okay. Um, well, the last thing that stood out to me was that uh, he said he didn't want to run this thing out for six months. Now, my impression was always that Vince heard the booze and just put the kibosh on the whole thing uh, yeah. because, you know, you don't want to put your top moneymaker in that position. But no. The way that Hogan is framing it here, it sounds a little bit more like it was his choice. Uh, well, can you tell us, do you, you don't have any inside uh, knowledge on whose I choice don't. that was? I don't. I know that uh, he just wasn't happy with the match because I didn't do the same old shit. Mm. You know, and uh, I, again, I think if we had talked for five or ten minutes before the match, all those things could have been covered. Right. And there wouldn't have been any damn problems. And I would have went out there and did the same old shit. Because in hindsight, that cost me a lot of damn money. And uh, shame on me for well, not so taking the easy way out. So Vince essentially told you that you were screwed on the 10th. Um, yeah. But here are in Providence on the 30th, you're wrestling yeah. him. So, I mean, over the course of those 20 days, are you like, okay, maybe I can convince Vince that he should go with this thing? I was going out there and giving them the match that I thought was going to make me heal and make this thing work. And uh, obviously, that's not the way everybody felt. You know, and... Uh, I know we got the two shots. I don't know why those still happened, but maybe they wanted to see, well, maybe if we go to a house show, it won't be like that, you know? But it right. was. It was. They were chanting DDT from the beginning to the end. Uh, was there Fuckers. a lot of... <laughs> <laughs> Bastards. There's a silver lining, and we're almost there. What, what was your communication like with Hulk over the course of that 20 days? Did you talk None. to him at all? None. 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 Uh, well, so Hulk said that you guys worked one night, uh, but as we know, that's not exactly true. You guys worked in Providence again on yeah. uh, on January 29th, where you took yeah. a clean loss, and you're up in Canada yeah. uh, in February. Right. Uh, by the time you meet him again uh, later in Providence, you have to know that this whole thing is just fucked, right? By, oh, by yeah. I know it's dead. It's dead. Yeah. Man, what a, what a shame. Oh, man, it broke my heart, man. Are you kidding that's How like seeing the silver spoon and, and getting it right to your lips and then it's taken away from you. How was the reaction when you uh, wrestled up in Canada? Same. 
all all DDT, DDT chants. Yeah, yeah, man. Oh boy. Well, you know, they, you know how the French are. <laughs> they, love, <laughs> they love the heels. Yeah, um, they do. Well, you weren't a heel for long. They turned you babyface in early 87. Yeah. Um, and I've heard you say before that that put you in a position where you're basically just getting guys ready for Hogan, right? Yeah, that's what, that's what my job was. You know, they, if they wanted Hogan, to, we were running three towns at the time, but two major ones. Mm-hmm. So you had your A town and your B town, both of them big cities. Hogan would be in one and I'd be in the other. My job was to get beat by the guy. I was wrestling, so the next time they had a show there, it would be him against Hogan. Right. I would have had a clean win against me, and he'd be with Hogan. Meanwhile, I would be in the other town doing the same thing again, getting beat by somebody (laughs) so I can get him ready for Hogan. I made more money flat on my back than anybody ever has. I'll tell you that. Uh, you, you know, I, I think a lot of people on paper would look at this and say like, oh, well, you know, he went from being the guy who was going to wrestle Hogan to getting guys ready to wrestle Hogan. Yeah. Like he must have been pissed off. But no, like the reality here is that like now you're the number two guy, uh, yeah. number two baby face in the company. You're probably making a small fortune. And as you said, you like, OK, I'll right. look at the lights. Just pay me. I was doing all right, man. And uh, I didn't mind doing what I was doing. If that's what my job is. I'm going to do the very damn best I can. Right. And uh, I took great pride in it and I went out and worked hard every night. And uh, Hogan used to tell me that he loved being in the same town as I was in. Because if I was there, he knew that he could go on fourth and go home and I would close the show. Nobody else could do that. Nobody Nobody else had enough going for him to do that. To keep the audience up by the right. end of the show. So Hogan loved it. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford anything, wherever you listen. That time of year, boys and girls. Can you believe it? I know I can't. I know what you're thinking. This is going to be expensive. How am I going to pay for all this? Have you seen the economy lately? Can we put Christmas on pause? You can't. It's going to be here sooner rather than you think. And I'm here to help at SaveWithConrad.com. How's this for starters? No house payments for two months. You don't have to make a payment in December. You're done until January. And come January, you're going to have a happier new year. Because it'll be with no credit card debt. It'll be with lower monthly payments. We can knock out your car payment. We can get rid of your second mortgage. We can pay off all your credit cards. We can get you the cash you need to turn your house into your dream home and do it with no money out of pocket. Don't get stressed out about the holidays. Just go to savewithconrad.com right now. You don't need perfect credit. You don't need money out of your pocket. It just takes a few minutes to get started. 
NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender, serious business, get a lower monthly payment, make this the best Christmas ever, and skip your next two house payments at savewithconrad.com. Well, uh, we're at, we're at the silver lining part, Jake. Uh, and that's it. This baby face turn, uh, opens up a world of merchandising opportunities and, and stuff yeah. from a PR standpoint. Yeah. Um, so we hear all, all the time about the money that people were making off of merch back in those days. Yeah. There was one, there was one where, where somebody said that, uh, uh, the iron Sheik made 80 grand in a quarter yeah. off of his yeah. action figures. That's um, back when they were paying guys for it. <laughs> right. Well, Vince did a smart thing, you know. You still you got paid per toy. But Vince, being the, the man that he is, realized here's what I gotta do. I'm gonna charge the company less per toy, but for that little WWF logo, they're gonna pay through the fucking nose for it. Oh, so he dropped, he dropped the prices from, say, a dollar a figure to 20 cents a figure. <laughs> oh, no. And of course, we got the 20 cents. That and, is brutal. Uh, it is brutal, man. Well, you know, even so, it's, you know, as I'm growing up as a kid, I see like your little Hasbro figures, the LJN. Mm -hmm. So there's all these toys, T-shirts, all that stuff. Do you think that this baby face turn and the subsequent merchandise uh, helped you to recoup some of that lost money? Not much of it. You I think mean, that, that a year or six months working shows with Hogan could have netted you more overall? Oh, my God, yeah. Oh, my God. Are you kidding? Wow. Yeah. yeah. That's one thing Vince did. If you wrestled Hogan, you got paid. I mean, big. You know, you'd have some $5,000 paydays. And you then know, I, and, I suppose you could have had your cake and eaten it too, but with a baby face turn later down the road. Yeah. Well, that baby face turn was fine and dandy. I mean, we did wind up uh, wrestling in a tag team one time. Yourself uh, and Hulk. Yeah. Myself and Hulk in a demolition. Uh, that's know. right. Uh, Survivor Series 1989. Right. Right. But being Jake. <sighs> Vince came to me and told me the idea. The idea was to get a bigger snake. So whenever they played our ring music, Hogan could hold the head. I could be second and demolition would be third and fourth. And we would all carry the snake to the ring. Right? Right. My mind said, Jake, do not let this happen. Because if these guys are holding the snake, why can't anybody else hold it? Because I've never right. let anybody hold it. Everybody was afraid of the snake. But now all of a sudden, these guys are going to be carrying it to the ring like it's no big deal. So me and my evil thinking got a hold of the snake handler, who I was very tight with, and said, dude, we got a problem. And then I told him what the deal was, and oh, he was furious. He was furious. Nobody's going to touch the snake but you. Nobody. Okay, okay, we got to figure out something, man. What can we do? Well, I said, can we get a bigger snake, one that's so fucking big that they won't want nothing to do with it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've got the perfect one. No problem, no problem. So we go to the building that night, 
And, you know, before a pay-per-view, they want to, they, they, they check the time for everything. They want to time how long it takes you to get from the back to the ring, you know? So they play our ring music and we'd go to the ring and they'd mark that down. That's how long it took. <coughs> so Vince tells me, Hey Jake, where's the snake at? I said, well, I've seen the guy, but I haven't seen the snake yet. And that was the truth. <coughs> so I found the guy and I said, where's the snake at? And he points at this humongous crate that is sitting on the side. I'm talking five feet tall, five feet wide. You know, that's that's huge a big snake in there. Wooden yeah, crate <laughs> reinforced. And so Vince says, "We'll get it out so we can do it." He started getting the top off of it, and all of a sudden the top exploded, and that snake came out, and his head was this big around. <laughs> this snake was 27 feet long. Weighed 350 pounds. Oh, my God. He could have swallowed me. The guy, the handler grabbed the snake in a headlock, and the snake picked him up and slammed him on the concrete. <laughs> and that's when Hogan and everybody else is running for their fucking lives, including Vince. Put that fucking thing away. I'm like, I'm trying. Jesus Christ, man. <laughs> and meanwhile, the snake decides to fucking shit. And it shits, and it's the foulest smelling shit. Oh my God, brother. It was horrible. <laughs> they had to mop all that shit up, and it just never went away. If a snake shits on you, it doesn't go away, man. It's just going to smell for, you know, days. Oh, God. But that was the end of us carrying that snake to the ring. Well, you got what you wanted. They didn't yeah, want to I did. <laughs> Yes, I did. <laughs> So I'm in shock that he was able to get you a snake that big in the first oh my place. God. My goodness. This guy could do anything. That's incredible. Are you still in contact with the guy? No, I haven't. The last time I talked to him was when the, the hurricane had devastated Miami years ago. And uh, I called him because he was down there working in a uh, alligator farm and snake farm. And his job was to, of course, keep an eye on all the, the the animals, but also to milk the poisonous snakes and sell that to drug companies. Mm. And they had everything. They had all the poisonous snakes you can think of, rattlesnakes, different types of rattlesnakes, to vipers, to cobras, to everything. And uh, when that hurricane hit, it flattened that whole thing. And I called Albert. I said, man, are you all right? He goes, am I all right? He goes, I'm having the best time of my life. I'm like, how can you be having the best time of your life? I, I get to go look for all those things. <laughs> That's fun. Oh, yeah. I love doing it. So it's fun digging through hurricane wreckage and looking for poisonous snakes. That's what you like for fun. Yeah. Yeah. They don't make a lot of guys like that, Jake. No, he was strange, brother. He was real strange. <laughs> well, uh, too strange. So yeah, you were you were a baby face. You worked with Hulk at uh, Survivor Series. The next yeah. time you'd work with Hulk is in early '92. Um, some tag team situations. Uh, you teamed yeah. up with your old pal John Nord uh, and Amarillo yeah. against him and Savage. You and Taker against Hogan and Savage. Uh, mm -hmm. And and that would actually it was it would be. Uh, February 10th, 92, uh, that would make it mark the final time that you'd work in the ring with Hulk. 
Um, and not long after Jake, you're gone. And then, yeah. then about a year later, Hulk is gone. You know, he was such an infallible force in that company for so many years. Yeah. When you hear that he's gone, what's your reaction? I was, I was dead, blown away. Right. Blown completely away. Uh, I don't know how in the hell he walked away from the package that he had. You know, maybe maybe the package wasn't close to what he wanted anymore after uh, the Warrior took the title. I know that Vince always paid the whoever had the title got paid. That's for sure. And if you were wrestling that guy, you got paid. Other than that, man, the money was kind of thin. So maybe that's what happened. Maybe the money got so thin that Hulkster said, I can do better than this. And, of course, I'm sure a lot of it had to do with WCW just making – him a deal that he just couldn't say no to yeah um we all know we all know how that works well people get offered the the whole kit and caboodle man rumor has it they made him a very attractive offer uh especially with some of the uh shared revenue on pay-per-views he pops up there in uh in 94 did you did you see any of this stuff that he was doing then were you watching at all no i wasn't watching much of it at all well, you weren't missing much. It was a pretty lackluster <laughs> run, uh, and they were doing some really weird shit. I love Kevin Sullivan as a booker. I think he's a genius of a guy. Yeah. But, yeah, some of the stuff they were doing was really bizarre. But, uh, Jake, by 96, you're back in the WWF, and uh, the wrestling world has changed down in Atlanta because Hogan turns heel with the NWO. Yeah. Um, I'm guessing you were a little bit too busy doing your own thing to watch. Uh, yeah, I was, man. But, but what did you think when you heard about him uh, turning heel? I loved it. I loved it, and I'm sure he loved it, man. There's nothing worse, man, than having to be a babyface. Oh, my God, I hate it. Is a babyface your your shackled as to what you can do? Because the fans expect certain things. You know, your trademark moves have to be done every night. You know, like Hogan with the big foot. He didn't like doing it, but he had to do it because that was part of his shtick, you know? Right. And... uh your expectations, man. You got to kiss babies. You got to be nice to people. Yada yada yada. You got to do third things the good guy way. Whereas as a heel, that opens the door to do any damn thing you want, man. You can change yourself in any any way you want to. You know, and I'm sure Hogan loved this time of his career. I'm sure he was so into this, finally getting able to go out there and give the people a hard time. Oh my God! Are you serious? Of course he loved it. Man, what a what a resurgence! Forty three years old, and now all of a sudden he's he's completely transforming this character that he's just yeah. gone all over the world with. Now I, I do want to ask too. You know, uh, back around like WrestleMania six with the whole Warrior thing, mm-hmm. I, I Hogan says that he pitched Vince the idea of turning heel uh, following the loss to Warrior uh, yeah. and actually becoming Hollywood Hogan. Then, Did, I mean, back in those days, do you think it could have worked uh, him in the WWF as a heel? It would have been hard, uh, harder than it was to do it down south. Once he stepped away from the WWE, he's free. Free at last, free at last. Thank God Almighty, free at last, you know, right. that type of thing. And uh, I'm sure he was ready to turn heel and, and throw all that shit down the toilet and just be himself and go out and have fun again. Does it get it get it gets old doing the same shtick every night, man? Come on, think about it. Same damn crap every night, you know. Pointing at the people and oh, come up, you know. 
Christ. Man, all over the country for like a decade. That's all over the world. That's, oh, that's country, right. Yeah. Man. My God. Just... Japan was so hot for him, man. Europe was so hot for him. Well, so at this time, you know, you're in the WWF, as I mentioned, and you're seeing this happening. Uh, and, and in the meantime, the WWF is really kind of struggling. Was there yeah. any any thought in your mind uh, like, OK, maybe if things don't work out here, maybe I could go back to WCW? No, I could not go back to WCW. There was a lawsuit or something, right? Yeah. Yeah. I won the lawsuit, but uh, shouldn't listen to my lawyer. You know, he said that. Uh, I should have taken the money that I had coming to me and more you know, pain and suffering and yada, 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 and, and have a job written into the contract. But at the time I was so full of shit and so high, I didn't, didn't realize what I was doing. You know, in those days, brother, I was a mess. Yeah, it's uh, you know, I know that you were having a rough time during that era, and uh, you know, it was. It, we'd separated. My my wife and I had separated, and I went off the deep end, man. So the business was the last thing from your mind, I'm sure. Even I didn't care about anything there. other than getting high. So man, getting, when I was high, I could forget about everything. It is fun to think about you as a member of the NWO and feuding with oh. your buddy DDP or Crow Sting or the Horseman or something. Uh, it's it's a real what if I think for a lot of wrestling fans. Oh out yeah, there. sure, sure it is, man. But sometimes you don't get what you want, man. That's it, brother. Well, we are very close to the finish line here. I, I yep. just want to ask real quick: uh, mm -hmm. when he when he pops back up in the WWF in two thousand two, I know that mm -hmm. you were you were doing your own thing at that time. But do you, did you hear about any of the stuff that he was doing with The Rock or Triple H? Yeah, I heard about it. I realized, you know, he's going up there and get, he's he's doing the smart thing. He's going up there and getting all the crumbs off the table, man, because mm -hmm. there was still something for him to do. You know, get The Rock over, get Triple H over, you know, and uh, Pass the baton. Man, he got one more run on top with the uh, undisputed title, which not a lot of people get to have. I mean, at the time, he's 48. Oh, were you shocked to hear, like, Vince is going with this older guy? Vince has always been like the, I, I want to go young guy. Yeah, but there's some things you can't deny, man. And Hogan was one. You know, when he went back up there and they get, put the title back on him, Christ, man, are you serious? Pretty wild. That was a mistake. I would I would say so too, um, yeah. especially with a bunch of young emerging stars there. Yeah. Um, and eventually, you know, Brock Lesnar wound up grabbing that. Um, all right, Jake, let's jump into some fan questions, and then we'll get out of here. Yeah. Um, Adam Arpin on Ad Free Shows uh, has a really fun hypothetical. He says, if you had gone back to WCW in 97, this is kind of close to what mm -hmm. I was asking. Instead of ECW creatively do you think you would have been in the nwo or more uh, have have an opportunity to face hogan finally i think maybe i would have had a, an opportunity to face hogan as a baby face no way they could turn me heel everybody tried that, that's that's going to be the issue coming in the door everybody's going to be excited to see you so you'd almost have yeah. to be a baby face yeah um, Instagram, a wrestling historian on Twitter asks if the feud hadn't been canceled, was it leading to a WWF title shot on Saturday night's main event? Did you have the inside knowledge on where it was going? No, I did not. No, I'm sure if, if had it ran its course, I would have been on everything with Hogan for, you know, four or five months every night. So, uh, again, what if, 
That was my thought too. Is like, man, you know, if uh, you think about it, a six month program, we're starting in December. Could have made it all the way to WrestleMania. Yeah, absolutely. Probably culminated in WrestleMania. Yep. Uh, Chip Maxley not a, on Twitter. Not a bad place to do it. <laughs> that would have been all right. Probably, yes, a decent, probably a decent payoff too. Yes, sir. Um, Chip Maxley on Twitter asks, "Do you think there could have been something between uh, something that you could have done to Hulk that would have gotten the people to hate you, or was it just snake bit? Pun intended. From the beginning, yeah, I think something could have been done. You know, I think they could have brought something in there, and uh, you know, I mean, slapping Elizabeth was one thing, but there's always something else that could have been done." You know, whether it would have been uh, bringing his kid in and getting his kid involved or something, something personal. It would have to be something very personal. Right. You know, maybe do something where uh, I do something with the snake and then the snake is banned and I retaliate by slapping one of his family members or DDT and his kid. Something. That would do it. Uh, DDT on the kid would definitely do it. Especially if it was the daughter. Wow, that is that is a wild thought. That would have been uh, awesome. The DDT of both at the same time. Oh my god! And like Hogan's tied up in the ropes or something. Right. Can't do it. Man, right. that would have been wild. That would um, been it. All right, last question for the week. Then we'll take care of a little business. Um, Jake, how do you feel? Oh, I'm sorry. This is from Johnny Gringo Seven on Twitter. How do you feel about Hogan personally? We kind of covered that a little bit, yeah. but let me ask. Let me ask a similar question, mm-hmm. uh, Jake. How do you feel about Hogan nowadays? Oh, he's fine with me, man. I love the guy. I mean, I think uh, what he did for wrestling, nobody could have done except him. There's no doubt about it, and there's no doubt that we're having a lot of fun here in the Snake Pit with Jake Roberts. Um, And, Jake, on the next episode of the Snake Pit, uh, we're going to let our listeners take control of the podcast with a fan Mm. favorite. We're doing Ask Jake Anything. I love Uh, it. Yep, those are always fun. We're going to put it out on Twitter. I love it. You can check it out at Snake Pit Pod. We're going to put those questions out uh, this week, and uh, fans can respond with questions for a chance to have their their question answered on the podcast. <coughs> uh, make sure you check out our YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash at Snake Pit Pod. There's no better way to introduce somebody to the Snake Pit than by getting them over there for quick samples of what our show is about. And while you're there, like, subscribe, hit the notifications bell. It helps us out, and you won't miss any of the new content we're dropping or any of the archives from DDP Snake Pit. Um, Also, if you've enjoyed our podcast, please like, subscribe, and leave us a five-star review on all podcast platforms uh, because that really helps us a bunch. Um, Also, a reminder... You can get the Snake Pit and all the other shows in our network early and ad-free at adfreeshows.com starting at just $9 a month. That's less than 15 cents an episode each month. Plus, tons of bonus content, interactive chats with your favorite hosts, wrestling personalities, and much more. Head over to adfreeshows.com today and sign up. You can catch Jake on Twitter at jakesnakeddt, on Instagram at jakethesnakeddt, and on Facebook at realjakethesnake. Guys, Christmas is here. Cameo um, time, man. Yeah, you cannot do better than a cameo from Jake, right? Let me be your Santa. Oh boy, can I fix you up? <laughs> man, the you just go go to cameo.com forward slash Jake Snake and watch some of the reviews, watch some of the stuff that Jake has done before. Yes. He puts he puts a lot of effort into these, and it's such a cool, unique gift for the wrestling fan in your life. Um, you can also get some pretty cool, unique gifts for the wrestling fan in your life over at jakethesnakeshop.com. He's got all kinds of stuff over there. And guess what, guys? It's all signed by Jake himself. And, 
and he'll personalize it. Uh, you can follow me at Marcus PD Angel on Twitter. You can follow the podcast on all podcasts uh, or on all social media platforms at Snake Pit Pod. Jake, episode two in the books. Peace be on you. God, I love you guys, regardless of how bad you screwed me. <laughs> Thank you. We love you, Jake. Thanks. And we'll catch you next time right here right. on the Snake Pit.